Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us this evening. Be sure, after you listen to the podcast, to check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. We are the world leader in sports travel information. The new site, I already said it, stadiumjourney.com. I love it so much, I had to say it twice. (laughs) If you want to follow us on social media, and I know you do, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and starting now, Threads. Find us at Stadium Journey. Like, share, and follow. Hey, I was on Instagram the other day, and I had my number, my you, your member number, or whatever, on threads. Like, all right, that's ridiculous. Well, what the hell are you talking about? You didn't see it? Well, go to Instagram, and I'll give you a number. You are number, member number, whatever. I was 2 million and something on threads. But anyway, the point of my statement was Stadium Journeys on threads. Uh, to check out video simulcasts of the Stadium Journey podcast, simply type in HIAC Talk Radio Network, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and we'll be there. If you would like to watch the podcast, check out our YouTube channel, again, at Stadium Journey. And if you want to be part of our studio audience, join us live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern. That's when we record. You can find us at danlaw.tv. Let me take a second before we get going and introduce the starting lineup. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez can be found at Ballpark Hunter. The above-average comedian Dan Calachico is here. Follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. So our topic tonight, we got a couple hockey Christians on our panel. Uh, Some big news came out of Quebec this week. The uh, QMJHL, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, put in some strict rules regarding fighting, some new rules. And uh, everybody's up in arms over it because some people are saying, maybe they're just, uh, what do you call those? Not Pollyannas. What's the opposite of a Pollyanna? Chicken Little? They're saying that it will lead to the elimination of fighting in hockey. So, panel, are we uh, nervous about these new rules? Are we excited? Should I start by saying what these new fighting measures are for the Q? Yeah, let's hear about All right, let's start with that. Okay, so. As part of the league's, this is from the the, uh, the hockey news, folks. As part of the league's new safety regulations for the upcoming season, the QMJHL has formally announced they will ban fighting. They're not banning it, though. They will heavily punish any and all who do not follow the league protocols. So let's see. Where are the protocols? Okay. So as soon as a fight occurs, those engaged must be systematically ejected from the game. So you fight, you're out. Any game player. What's that? A game misconduct. Yes. Any player found to have instigated the fight will also receive an automatic one-game suspension. Minimum. Automatic minimum one-game suspension. The person declared to be the aggressor during the fight will receive a minimum of two automatic games of the suspension. So can you be the instigator but not the aggressor? I have no idea what the difference is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) He punched me first, but then I punched him ten times, so I was the aggressor. In addition to the game misconduct, an automatic game suspension is imposed, starting with the player's second fight of the season. The suspension is in addition to the sanctions described in the preceding paragraphs. All righty. So that's the new fighting measures in the queue. Good thing, bad thing, indifferent. Are we looking at the end of fighting? Go. Go, Dan. I don't think that had the desired effect. That was a uh, no. It, it no. It totally <laughs> did. Um, I I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, it's not like this has been a secret. 
yeah. at the bigger levels for years. Right. That's pretty much frowned upon. Um, of all the things that they eliminated after all that stuff came out about head trauma, I fighting is what they went for. Other things will always confuse and baffle me and befuddle me and buffoo me. Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, I can answer I, that I part, know. Dan. Yeah, again. Bob Probert, Derek Bugard, yep. Wade Belak, yep. Steve Montador. Yep. That's why they went after fighting. Those guys oh, are yeah. all and more. And more. Oh, I wasn't questioning that. I, was, I mean, I've been. And we're, uh, and we're, we're not talking about grown men here in the queue. We're talking about 16 kids. year old kids up to yeah, 20. Yeah. What's it? What are they go? 16 to 20 in the, in the juniors, Dave? Yeah. yeah, you can uh each team it can have well you get drafted at at 16 I think you can if you're 16 you can be drafted in the first two rounds and there's a limited number of 16 year olds that that could be on a team but you can be 16 actually you could be 15 there there have been cases of 15 so guys like uh Shane Wright and Connor McDavid um who else I believe John Tavares you could get a special exemption to play at 15. So yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, you know, 20 or 30 year olds here. Right. When I talk about grown men and anytime I think you can limit a few uh, knocks to the head of a growing brain, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I see that too. I've, uh, with some good friends, guys have become good friends on the, uh, you know, fourth line boys. Yep. Uh, five for fighting uh, who really the ECHL really tried to F with that guy. And eventually he won. <laughs> um, really nice. Good for oh, him. yeah. Yeah. They were like, you're banned. That's it. We're banning their stuff. And they were like, I'm just kidding. Nobody else promotes this league. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, that's what our point was. Like, why are they banning? You? Nobody else talks about this league. Nobody's watching this highlight video except me. Um, I've been at odds about fighting uh, it's 50 50 i i don't know if i could i don't know if i can live with hockey without fighting but at the same time dave just named a few can't deny that there's some sort of a correlation between the two things and i do think at one point yes um health is more important than uh scrapping you want to do it at those uh, there's so those cool uh, ice MMA tournaments. I say MMA. They're not kicking with skates on uh, going on right now. Go for it. Um, I think uh, we have evolved a bit of a, a bit enough as, as a as a as a race to maybe maybe not make that the most important thing. Perhaps. I don't know. Just my two cents. Yeah. And like you're, you're getting back to it, uh, developing these young players, you know, uh, there are some people who are listening to this podcast. that may not know everything about junior hockey. Yeah. These are 16, 17, 18 year old kids whose brains aren't developed yet, even with critical thinking and you're getting hit and punched in the face. And, you know, I don't know how much fighting was taking place in the queue. I can I answer that question, Mark. Okay, these stats come from Ian Kennedy from the Hockey News. Nice. So for context, last season there were 161 fights in 612 QMJHL games last year. 
That's one fight for every 3.8 games. So all, one another way to look at that is about 15 seconds out of every 228 minutes of hockey. So it okay. comes to about one fight every two weeks for each team. Yeah, so it's not like it was out of control, uh, you know, back in the 70s when we had the Broad Street Bullies or, you know, uh, people were, you know, people were watching hockey just to see the fights. It's it's something that doesn't happen all the time. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with it. I think what's the goal here? You want to watch your team win or you want to see a fight? You know, is it uh, some that's going to go into the Western League in Ontario? Maybe. If, If if it's something successful. And you're right. It's all about evolving. Do you have to have fighting in baseball? Just like, I'm sorry, do you have to have fighting in hockey? Just like, yes. do you need to being a, a guy in the head uh, in baseball to set a lot of difference? That That's a topic. That's be more than happy to discuss that. Well, with, with regards to the, to the leagues, the Q is actually, I would say historically has been out of the three Canadian junior leagues that, that make up the Canadian hockey league. The the Q is the least known for fighting. It's always been like the okay. the little fast guys, uh, high scoring. Like the highest scoring players in the CHL always came from the from the Q. Well, not always, but you know, like the Enjoy. the record holders. You know, Pat Lafontaine, Mario Lemieux. Like those those guys all played in the Q. Um, yeah, the Q was always known for you know superstar goalies. And and little fast guys, right? So, you know whether this comes out west or not, that would be a little bit of a different, uh, a different story, I guess. But you know the key, the key to all of this is that they're kids, and don't forget it's a business, right? And and they work on on two sides. So of course you're trying to sell your product to people watching. Right. You're trying to get people to come to Quebec City or Halifax or Shakutami or wherever. You're trying to get people in your building, watch your product. You also have to supply players. Well, there's competition for those players out there. So if I'm a parent and I have a kid who, who's going to go somewhere in hockey, do I want to send them to a junior league where he could get his head beat in. Yeah. Or do I want to send him to college hockey in the States where I know they already don't have fighting. They wear cages. (laughs) There has been no fighting in NCAA hockey in years and years. All right. So I guess the question would be, the big question is for fans of, well, maybe the other junior leagues or even uh, pro leagues. Do you think this could spread? This this kind of I wouldn't wouldn't call it a ban, but just short of a ban. Will it spread to other leagues? Do the fans who watch hockey just for the fights should they be worried that they're not going to see fights anymore? Yeah, it's you know I remember looking at something from nine, uh, look at some CBS film from nineteen sixty nine sixty eight about college players having to wear helmets, and a lot of the old time NHL players were like, "This will never happen in the NHL. They'll never mandate it." So. And then, you know, in 1979, it was mandated, I believe. And now uh, face guards are mandated. Now face guards. So, yeah, you, you don't know. You don't know 10, 12 years from now, NHL may not have fighting. Uh, you know, I know some traditionalists will be upset with that. I know that's a way 
that players enforce some of the nonsense going on on the ice. Uh, it's a way you solve some problems. Uh, if you, you know, you could have some guys running their mouths and saying stuff about your mom and yourself instigating things, knowing that you can't throw a punch at them. Uh, you know, how are you going to force things? It's going to be a new way of doing it. So it's uh, it's interesting to think about. I'm not sure wh- what to say. I, I I understand, Dave, you know, being a parent. Yeah, I'd rather have my kid play in the queue because I'm not worried about him fighting and getting injured because of a stupid fight, uh, even though I don't even know what the, the rate of that is. Do you have that information in front of you? How many in- injuries has someone sustained? No, that I don't have. Or stitches or broken jaws. Yeah, I think with fighting, it's it's the long term, right? (laughs) Like all these guys that we mentioned from the NHL, like they were all the long term. They were all the the head trauma, the head injuries, leading to depression, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's the numbers are going to be tough to tough to put together with regards to junior hockey. Um, I think I think when we think about you know, is this going to travel to the NHL or, or whatever is going to have an impact? Uh, I think there's two things we need to think about. Number one, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it is undeniable that fighting has decreased drastically in the NHL, you know, yep. from the seventies where it was probably at its peak down, you know, the eighties. I it was would pretty... argue that the nineties had more fights than the seventies. Could be. Oh. Uh, yeah, I guess in the 90s, you had like the whole, you know, Ty Domi and the heavyweight champion every, and, and that, yeah, every and team that had whole thing. Their enforcer. In um, the 70s, there was more guys who played and fought. Yeah. The thing I do miss is the bench player brawls. Those were fun. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, those numbers have gone down. Has the popularity of hockey decreased over that time? I, I would say that it's increased. I would say that the metrics are showing that, you know, outside of a few sort of minor spots, the buildings are as full as they've ever been. There's far fewer weak sisters in the league than there have ever been. Uh, The ratings seem to be fine. They have a, they have a national contract, national TV contract uh, with ESPN. Um, Of course there's the Canadian one. So that, that hasn't changed. So I don't feel that a decrease in fighting has decreased the popularity of of hockey or of NHL hockey. Let's go with that. Uh, secondly, if we go back to the the seventies to the you know early seventies, sixties, the NBA was full of fights until I miss basketball fights. Yeah, but no real fights. Like I miss real basketball fights. Yeah, you forget until, I'm old enough to have watched those games until Kermit Washington punched Rudy Tomjanovich in the eye. That's not what ended it. That's not what ended it because in the but, '80s there were fights every game, man. Uh, not Malice, not to Malice the in the Palace that. ended it. Malice, yeah. In the Palace ended yeah. It. Well, I mean, yeah, a basketball looked different back in the '70s. You could even watch it live on TV here in the States. It was on after the news, local news, uh, which is shocking, you know, with me growing up. Hey, the Celtics championship in 1981, the first one they had with Larry Bird was shown on tape delay. Yeah, tape delay. At 1130 at night after the news, like you said. Yeah, I I see where Dave's coming from. You know, you're looking at the the brawling in the the 70s. And if you talk to 
some other folks, you know, like the Knicks of the 90s were a, a rough and tumble team. You had the bad boys. Yeah, you're right. The Palace, the mouse at the Paris Palace did and all that. But yeah, Dave, on your point, you're right. You know, we could look at the decades and analyze them and say, well, this was how it was. And, and then this ended it. So, yeah, I see your point. That's that's a good observation. Old time hockey. Old time hockey. <laughs> Put on the foil, coach. Yeah. Eddie Shore. Tom Blake. <laughs> Old time you know best. Do you know what's funny about that line is Eddie Shore was one of the dirtiest players ever. <laughs> yeah. Indeed um, he was. Yeah, he well, Bailey. That was Eddie Shore. What yeah. was that that TV uh movie on uh Don Cherry when he was the coach? Oh yeah. The stuff he would do to his players, like tie a rope around their neck or in the gold. Well, if you um, if you think about it, where else do you have essentially unregulated bare knuckle fighting? I mean, they started that in MMA, and then they had to add like safety features to it, right? So they have they all have to wear gloves now or whatever. But you know, there's there's nothing else like that. I always thought it was funny when, you know, the guys would, would get ready to to get into a fight. And first thing they do is they take their helmet off. Here, let me allow you a better target for my face. <laughs> now, aren't there measures to penalize someone who tries to take off another your opponent's helmet during a fight now? Well, in, the, uh, in senior A hockey, there's a team called the Whitby Dunlops. Um, you may have heard of them, Paul, because uh, Harry Sinden played for the Whitby Dunlops, and they uh, made the they won the uh, they were like the last Canadian team to win the Olympics. And then he, of course, went into '72 as the coach. And against I may have heard a team from before when I was born. Yeah, totally. So anyway, watch, this, watch the team still time. existed. There was a guy who actually died on that team, and I I want to say it was maybe about 15 to 20 years ago. And and basically what he did is he got into a fight, um, you know, took his helmet off. The guy punched him. He fell back, hit his head against the ground, uh, you know, knocked him out. They brought the stretcher out. He kind of came back. He wanted to go back and, and play and fight. A, they had him on the stretcher. They took him away. He died on the way to the hospital. So the response was that it was a match penalty if you if you actually take your helmet off. Well, you um, think about remember the incident with Marty McSorley when he hit was it um, was it Peter Worrell that he hit with his stick that really kind of ended McSorley's career. Worrell didn't get hurt from the stick; he got hurt because his helmet came off and he hit the ice, the back of his head. So yeah, I remember the incident. I'm I'm not thinking it's. I don't think you have the victim right. Donald Brashear. Could have been Brashear. Yeah, you know what? Brashear sounds right now. I don't know. I remember Peter Orell in the AHL, man. He was a large, large man. But I, I, I think you're, I think you're kind of on to a, another piece, which would be, you know, what the, what the pundits would say is, is how, you know, we need fighting in the game to, to curtail like the stick work, the the slashing and the hooking and and all that kind of stuff. Really, because the incident that I talked about was someone using his stick to try to start a fight. Well, <laughs> that, <laughs> I think I think it was using the stick because 
there was no fight and right, he was mad. Exactly. He's like, come on, <laughs> um, fight me. But yeah, but the uh you know, the the other the other piece of that is is well, why have they been doing it all this time, right? Well, you know, in the eighties it was you had Dave Semenko who had you know, if you looked at Gretzky the wrong way, then you'd have to, you know, eat Dave Semenko's knuckles or whatever. Um, but there, there is a, 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 there is the contingent that that says that well, we need to have fighting because without it, then there's all the slashing and then there's the hooking. So I think, I mean, that's the part. That's how you win over the players. Mark Mark brought up that same same point a little while ago. Is it is it really true? Do you think that that kind of stuff happens more now, or is, do we just say it happens more as a way to rationalize the fighting? I I don't know if it happens more, uh, but I do know that you have to have a response to the slashing and the hooking to appease the players who are the ones that have to put it all into play, right? So, you know, what do the player, what do the players say about this? Are the players in favor of less fighting? Do they want to keep fighting in the game? Do they what? What do they want? I don't know if we're asking them. I I got to be honest. I've never heard a player saying say that they wanted to get rid of fighting. Never. I don't want to get rid of fighting totally either. I like it. I like a good scrap every once in a while. But as a rational human being, you see what happens to some of these guys who've taken one too many shots to the head. So how do you, how do you balance all that out? I I'm, I'm not afraid to say I have like zero use for fighting. It does nothing for me. Um, I'm, I'm probably the only guy still sitting in his chair when there's a fight that breaks out. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm the one that's looking a little bit further and going, well, what could actually happen to this guy who's in the fight? And then what happens, you know, but there's, you're the, you're the psychologist. I mean, is there, is there a, a, a bigger manifestation of kind of mob mentality than when a hockey fight breaks out? Yes, there or, is. Or, or anything else. I mean, go look at the, at the footage of the malice of the palace and listen, well, what do you hear? You hear them. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's all up on their feet. They're all excited. Yeah. Do we that, want? Does that mean we want basketball players to be jumping into the stands? Well, no, we of course blood. not. <laughs> but yeah. I think the reason why it gets such a reaction is because it's the exception. It's not the rule. Mm-hmm. It's something different. Yeah. No, I I remember years ago going to the uh, Trenton uh, Titans game uh, with someone and. As soon as they started fighting, she jumped out of her seat. Like she could care less about the hockey game. But there was a couple fights and well, that's what they were marketing though. Yeah, she got excited. She was like, Oh, 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 out of her seat. I'm like, oh wow, she's alive, you know. Okay, so I, talk. <laughs> I think there's a segment of, of hockey fandom that that thinks that way, Mark, and does not want to see fights yeah. go away and, and wants to see that it actually go back to the way it was in the nineties when there were staged fights and all this other stuff. Yeah, and then you know, I, I heard something else about this uh this new rule is if you have a guy on your team who's who's a scrub, not nothing special, you, you can you can afford to be without him. Is he gonna try to instigate, you know, your opponent's superstar? Try to get him into fighting so he gets kicked out, especially during playoffs. 
You know, mm, yeah. that's something that can happen. I that's th- why I you think- had guys like Dave Smith going to pass. I think the other thing that sort of helped change this sort of narrative is just the sheer size of players, right? So, you know, you don't you don't have as many guys who are built like Gretzky was, this, you know, leaf, skinny little guy, right? Your your superstars are big guys now. And you know, maybe that started with kind of Eric Lindros and 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 he was one of the one of the guys that really put it all together, put the size with the skill and 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 brought it to a whole new level but you know i i i don't see you know you've seen Sidney crosby mix it up you've seen you know austin matthews is, is not a small guy so having the big guy protecting the little guy well i mean the little guy's almost been inv- eliminated as it is i don't know if i totally agree with you there but yeah but yeah, the, the role of the protector is definitely gone. And yeah, and anytime somebody like a Crosby or a or a Matthews or McDavid takes a big hit, that's what you hear online is, oh, he's a target because you can't protect him anymore like you used to. Well, I don't know. But there, there's that that's the bloodlust segment of the fandom coming out. So. You hear the right. same thing when there's like when there's a dust up in football. Now football, it's funny because, you know, how stupid do you have to be to start taking swings of guys with face masks and helmets on? You know, <laughs> I don't know. You're just gonna you're just gonna hurt your you're just gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> but you know, Paul, you had some interesting info on the. You and Mark both had some interesting info on the. The Quebec government's involvement. Yeah, Mark brought that up before we started uh, taping. So yeah. you said that, that this might have some uh, financial and political ramifications, not just the league itself cracking down. Yeah, it, it came after the government provided $2 million per team to help during the pandemic. And one of the conditions uh, stipulated it was that there'd be no more fighting. Well, that was a few years ago. So here we are with uh this new rule so yeah is that is that information been confirmed or is that something we're just kind of reading i'm reading this off of uh sportskedia.com it's also was on tsn i'm sorry not tsn sportsnet.com i mean dot ca uh ctv news atlantic so it's that's that's well I, you can absolutely understand and see why the government would not want their teenagers in sanctioned fighting events. So if they're providing a little bit of money, they could be applying the pressure politically on this league. I think it might be, too. It might be one of those, you know, oh, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll get rid of fighting. <laughs> Two million bucks? Yeah, sure, no yeah. problem. Yeah, I mean, it says yeah, we're going to kind of do that anyway. It's almost like uh, you scratch my back, you scratch my back. You do a favor for me, I do a favor for you, okay? <laughs> I call you up at 2 a.m., you meet me down at the docks. I mean, and hockey, let's let's be let's be real. Hockey's heading in that direction anyway. Fighting is decreasing at all levels. I mean, we, we gave the stats before that. The average team in the queue is getting into one fight every two weeks. Toronto so they play they play what three games a week? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, if, yeah. One, and if you think about it, like what's teams? what's the trickle up effect, right? So if there's if there's no 
fighting in junior. There's already no fighting in college. No. Is it the Europeans? They're they're we're gonna be getting Europeans to come over as fighters, or I, like they're where else? Fighting in Europe? Europe? Where else do they come? No, they're not really. Where yeah, else they, they going to come from? Though? They'll be fighting in the Federal Hockey League, Federal Hockey, <laughs> or the Southern Professional. The, the Quebec Senior League is always going to be fighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Could this you know the could. Can we be talking on this show? Hopefully 10, 12 years from now, we're all still doing this. Maybe we'll have a live simulcast on a major network. (laughs) By that time, you'll just beam it right into your brain. It'll beam it right to your brain. Yeah. (laughs) Can can we say, hey, remember that conversation we had about the Q editing fighting? Yeah. No, you can have virtual fighting, no concussions. Yeah, virtual fighting. Now, now when you're playing uh, hockey video games, was the fighting of interest? I mean, now, now, <laughs> Dan can't really. All right, all right so moment. all right, guys. So I'm a good ten years older than everybody else on this panel. When I was playing, oh, I played the Atari with the two guys in the one stick. Did you ever see that game? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was my first. But the Nintendo ice hockey game was the best one, where you could choose the, the tall, skinny guy. The medium-sized guy or the big fat guy. Was, yeah, you know, yeah that was fun. And so we used to all, we spent our whole game trying to start fights. So yeah, we were all about the fights. <laughs> then there was Blades of Steel. I had good. I had a little good fight cutaway scene. Yeah, what was it? NHL '95 was like the first game I remember on the Sega. Or was, was that it the Sega? one where uh, Jeremy Roenick was the superstar and you could like give Wayne Gretzky a concussion where he bleed all over? Yeah, the ice? yeah. It, if you ever saw the movie Swingers, there's a scene. Where uh, they're playing the game, and it's like, come on, make Gretzky. I, I I don't know if I'm quoting this right. Make Gretzky's head bleed or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a buddy who quoted that all the time. I kind of forget what it was. Let me see. NHL. Well, you know, I, I mean, with the video games, it was really simple. I was so bad at fighting. I pff, forget it. <laughs> like I never played the. the I, well, I mean, I did play some fighting games, but I was terrible at them. So, nah, forget it. Okay, so and I wanted all these it. little fast guys on my team anyway that could Yeah. So let's look at it this way. So if if fighting does eventually go the way of the dodo bird and become a, a thing of the past, how will you be able to intimidate in hockey? Because the intimidation factor is still real and it is still there and it's still needed. You can't impose your will on your opponent in a game like hockey. How what form does that take without without fighting or how to, how do you counteract the cheap stuff? How did they counteract the cheap stuff in the days before fighting was a big part of hockey? Well, I mean, some of your best players were, were that rough, right? Like the Gordie Howe hot hat trick, you know, which is Bulls, really a misnomer. A Gordie Howe had one Gordie Howe hat trick in his yeah, career. Yeah, I know. I heard that too. <laughs> but it was like, mean, like I, I remember talking to like Milk Schmidt years and years ago, and I asked him about fighting and stuff, and he said, we never really fought. But, you know, we were talking about Eddie Shore a little while ago and how dirty he was. I mean, he almost killed Ace Bailey swinging mm-hmm. his stick at him. Yep. He, yeah, he probably absolutely. deserved a knuckle or two. In retaliation, so I mean, none of us were on to watch hockey back then to see to say how how did they handle that kind of stuff back then. Know, it was a different time though, too, right? Like, 
Well, Mel, Mel Schmidt was one of the best players in the league. He was like five foot six, 145 yeah. pounds. I, I, I don't know that. Well, I mean, your average size in like everything, the average size of your player has just gotten bigger, right? Yeah. I just feel like the best players now are much bigger than they used to be. And the, and the, and that space is, has shrunk where, where the big tough guys are, are this much bigger than the, than the skill guys. Um, you know, well, I, you know, in basketball, how do you? I was just going to say that the same, the same that you were talking about basketball for the allegory goes the same for, for basketball, the, the court, everybody's getting bigger. You know, you got seven footers who can play the perimeter and launch up threes. Should every once in a while people say, well, should we raise the basket in basketball or should we widen the court in basketball? Right. But you know, in the, in the same sentence, you've got guys like, you know, Charles Oakley saying, yeah, LeBron James would have never would have never survived in our era because we would have taken his head off. Or... <laughs> LeBron James is bigger than any of those guys. What are I we know. talking about? <laughs> I know the best. Uh, the best players would be the best players in any era. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, I think you have to like to impose your will. You gotta. You gotta make people suffer on the score sheet. Right. It's will it's, there be a physical way to do it though? Pure and I guess my question. Yeah, yeah, they always. I mean, that that cliche has been around forever. The best way to make your opponent pay is score on the power play, right? Yeah, but I think there's still well, be a, so, a way to big hit, so, big hits. Do you kill them with speed and finesse? Why do you? How do well, you do, do you it? do you change the power play back to the old way? Unlimited goals. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I don't know. Referees are I reluctant. I think there does to have to be a focus. Uh, on the like from the refs on the slashing on the hooking like they they do have to make a conscious effort and I'm not saying it's the refs because you know they get their orders from from above um hey this this year we're calling this a little bit more or we're, we're we're breaking down that but you if you've ever heard a referee in an interview they always talk about the flow of the game controlling the game and whatnot and, and you know, their calls are their calls morph to whatever it needs to be, right? Sure. All right, I guess we didn't really answer my question, but I don't know if I have an answer to my questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I obviously you're you're and and I actually I'd like to see this because now one thing that that is happening now more more now than ever before is uh if somebody gets hit it's like it's offensive right you know if somebody takes a body check then then they're all pushing and shoving and up in their face right right like well just turn around and and you know file it in the back of your head and and hit the guy next time but yeah it, mm, i don't know i don't know how it how it changes how does it well, how's it changed now? How has it changed now in recent years? The, just the fighting's not there. You see a lot of pushing and shoving. You see a lot of chirping. That might be the biggest difference there is the mouth, the talking. At least it's a little more apparent now. Now, I hate to, I hate to actually go to the basketball model, but there's like, is there a sport with more chirping than basketball? Like, 
I, I would be afraid to bring my wife and have her sit courtside because she has to listen to these guys, right? Like, there, uh, uh, as someone who does, uh, you know, I do some work for basketball, college basketball teams, even, you know, I'm at the D3 level and not, not a super conference in the D3, you know, mid, middle of the road conference. Yeah. Those guys chirp all game at that level. And it's almost, it's, it's a game within the game. You want, you all, you not only want to win the game, but you want to, you want to win the battle of the words too. So I'm sure it's the same in hockey. You'd look at a guy like uh, Brad Marchand. He's oh, your faith. Yeah. New, the new next captain of the Bruins. Well, he's like the longest serving now, isn't he? And it's not even close. Yeah, I was going to say. What's he captain of? Nobody? Everybody's leaving. <laughs> they got guys, just all different ones. <laughs> the Bruins will actually be okay. They got a, They still got their core. I don't know. It's, getting, it's a little early to to talk preseason hockey. Here's a hot take. I don't know. I just got take. an email from a team saying two months till the season starts. Oh yeah. I have a hot take for you. What's that? Uh, was... I haven't met. I haven't missed fighting. You know, uh, you know Dan. A, I got to. Yeah. I got to agree with you on that one. And I know. And I don't mean that as a, in an insulting way to fight fans. I don't like. Oh, miss it, you idiots! I just haven't missed it. Yeah, I don't. When I I'm... want my fight, Phil. I will go to Fourth Line Boys and watch his YouTube channel and just binge that. All right. Yeah, so I, I just the... thought of. Go ahead, Dan. I want to let no, you. No, go ahead. Because I think I got a, a way to uh, to wrap up our discussion here. So uh, also, be... uh, Gregory Gregory Koch says uh, hi- hockey fight simulator. I'm down for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll so, go to watch AI fighting. I'll go to watch my old Flyers DVDs and and stuff that I've bootlegged, like uh, the Phantoms stuff. The I have Titans, I have a bunch of Titans season wrap up videos <laughs> because of Darren, uh, Fourth Line Voice, that I've burned a DVD that I'm now upscaling. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good stuff. But but sports like boxing are dying. As far out. as now, I don't I don't care, yeah. and I mean that in the most innocuous way possible to. Ho- Hockey fight fans, I get it. I get why you're mad. I get why you're saying the things you're saying about hockey. Totally get it. For me, I have problems with the other things that I won't bring up here with certain teams that are getting away with bloody murder or rape. So, okay, so uh, the the queue is uh, taking a step to really uh, try to eliminate fighting through rules is this something that do we need to legislate fighting out of the game or is this something we've talked about the trends how it's trending down is this something that's going to eliminate itself within a decade no i think it's going to be a fringe thing i don't think it's going to ever go away a hundred percent but i do think it's going to be less than it is now and i do think it is going to still be there but i think they're going to re market it without being loud about it to where it's like could happen tonight ak uh, or ie wilson and the rangers was the first one that pops in my head the last year like everybody was tuning in like what's gonna happen at the face-off got it out of the way mostly moved on as far as the 
juniors and the minors probably gone. But as far as the NHL, I, I think I think it'll still barely be there for at least for the next ten years anyway. But I do think it's 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 deliberate, obviously. Yeah. I think it's gonna you know. I think what happens in the minors is gonna be interesting because that's where you're going to have guys who are willing to do anything to take that next step up. And if, if the NHL is looking for that, then, you know, those guys will learn fighting at the ECHL, AHL level, as opposed to in, in the junior level. Um, so, so how, how those minor leagues react I'm interested. I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I think of a guy like uh, Bobby Robbins. You know, being around Providence and Boston a lot, career minor leaguer, mostly in the ECHL. Then, uh, you know, made it to to Providence as a tough guy. Got got a cup of coffee up in Boston. You know, that's how he made it to Boston. They needed a tough guy for a couple games. He came up, ended up getting a couple fights, got a concussion, ended his career. It'll be interesting. Hey, did oh, here's something we didn't mention. One of the uh the legislators who had a hand in drafting these rules for the queue, Enrico Ciccone. Remember that name? Mm-hmm. No. Look him up. He was he was a tough no. guy back in the why don't uh, you tell me who it is? I don't know his exact stats, oh. but he what late nineties, but he was a fighter. He was a fighter. Himself. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, we need to know. Isn't it? All right. Well, the future is uh, going to be interesting this year in the queue, and we'll see exactly how that... Oh, oh Mark's ending it. Are we done, Mark? <laughs> Mark's doing the outro, huh? That's all right. Mark, okay, Mark can do the outro, because I was about to start the outro, outro myself. I think yeah. we've come to the logical end of this discussion. I, I, I guess it could be an outro, but I was just saying, it's like, you know, here's the thing. This is sort of this... You know, unprecedented role, correct? I mean, I know you have college hockey, but in the juniors, we'll see what the ramifications are. You know, will people not miss it? Will you just move on without it? I mean, have other sports done anything like this? I mean, look at baseball. They set up some new rules and people like them. Well, look at I don't know. Look- I think I have a theory. I think they should swap and baseball should implement the fight. <laughs> right? Have I told you my then- theory about baseball fights, Dan? It's on purpose. No, but baseball fights, instead of having everybody charge out. Exactly, Dave. You want to you want to fight. <laughs> you want to charge them out. Okay, you and the pitcher are one-on-one. Anybody else who comes yeah. in, treat them like a third man in in hockey. So it's a one-on-one fight there in the, in the mound. The four umpires can break it up. There you go. There you go. Um, What was that fight with, with the Sox in Cleveland the other day where the guy just dropped him? Like oh. he got two shots in, and then the one guy swung, and he just went boom. Anderson and like a real punch, and I was like, well, right. he wasn't even looking. That was the luckiest punch in the history of the world. Uh, he, he wasn't was, too. He, he wasn't was even looking. Getting turned around by the crowd yep. that was coming towards him and just hooked him and caught him <laughs> perfect. I even saw the little bubble with the one hundred points go up as he went down. You saw the you saw the little birdies going around the other guy. Yeah, head. yeah. <laughs> the Sonic the Hedgehog coins popped right out. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> What's the Mario Brothers noise when you get hit and you go from big Whoop. to small there? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. You can't do it. Oh, all right. So 
I, I can't think of a more logical place to end our discussion on hockey fighting. And, and get Dave out of here on time. With, with a bit then talking about a baseball brawl. So there we go. <laughs> so everyone, thanks for joining us. I hope uh hope you enjoyed our discussion. And like Mark said, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I just want to say I don't care if Dave gets out of here on time. No, none of us did because Dave was just no. gonna leave anyway. At yeah, some point, Dave was just gonna care. be gone. That's why I don't care. <laughs> it's a big boy right. to leave. Dan, where can our listeners follow you? Dan Law, eight three. All right, Mark, sorry to keep you awake there. Um, oh, you got yeah, any, oh, Jesus. I'm so you got, you got any stadium journeys planned for the next couple of weeks before we get together again? And where can our Probably listeners follow Detroit. you? Probably Detroit. I'll be up for the Tigers game. And uh, if I can coincide it with a, a Lions preseason, who knows? It just, like I was telling Dave, it just depends on my buddy if he, what weekend he can get off. So, yeah, Detroit, I'm thinking anything else? Um, that's a good question. I, I just did Seattle. Before that, I did Ultimate Disc, the Ultimate United Disc League, or the American United Disc League, which I had a blast, but we'll talk about that on a recap. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, until then, just I'll be editing videos, putting them up on my uh, Ballpark Hunter page on YouTube. Check that out. Check uh, check me out on Twitter, Ballpark Hunter. And I have a cool article coming up on uh, Stadium Journey, I think in a couple of days, about uh, Seattle's the Seattle hot dog. It's a thing. Read all about it. Mark's Thanks. in jail. Uh, Dave, what do you got planned for the next couple of weeks, and where can our listeners follow you? Well, my uh, daughter is itching to go to Oklahoma and Arkansas because she's never been to Oklahoma and Arkansas, and she is collecting states. Why does she want? Oh, collecting states. Okay. Yeah. So why would you uh, want to go there if you're not collecting so states? She doesn't really care what we do there, so we're going to see baseball. So, nice. Hey! <laughs> Oklahoma nice. City Dodgers, uh, Arkansas Travelers, and Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Oh, Walmart. And you can follow all of that on Twitter, Instagram, uh, threads, threads, YouTube, at ProFanNight. All right, let's see. What do I have planned for the next couple of weeks? Uh, tomorrow night, I will be working the Savannah Bananas game at Campanelli yeah, awesome. Stadium. I wasn't going to work, but then they just asked me, can you uh, can you come in and work the That's scoreboard? That's a lie. You were doing it the whole time. Hey, try to meet uh, up with the young professor. He's their MC. He'll be with the real gaudy jacket and the well, blonde. I'm sure I'm sure that I will be in contact with all those guys being part of their, their game time presentation tomorrow night. Yeah. At first they had asked me to come in and, and work in the concession stands. I'm like, no, those days are long gone for me. I'm no, not spending, I'm not 20 years old anymore. I'm not you. spending six hours on my feet after spending eight no. hours at work. No. Nope. They not said, how free. about being an usher? I said, maybe. Can I sit down and usher? And they're like, how about doing your regular job? I said, there you go. Now you got me. That's better. <laughs> um, let's see what else I got going on. I'm, I'm kind of in a lull at, now that baseball season's ended for me until football season starts. Uh, I probably hit up a Woo Sox game since I got all these rain checks from the Stadium Journey Convention. I got to start using a couple of them, so I'll probably hit up the Woo Sox this weekend. But that's about it. You can follow my Stadium Journeys on Twitter and Instagram at PuckmanRI, and uh, it's almost time for me to be Puckman again. And remember, fans, you can find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on the website, the mothership, stadiumjourney.com. Is that a, a question mark? Oh, Mark is frozen. That's what that is. Bless you. I'm just kidding. No, he wasn't <laughs> frozen. It, it was, nobody nobody hey, was frozen. Yeah, punk. 
No, no, don't fall for no. I fell. He got me. That's it. We need to fight. Oh, we can't. We can't pull your helmet off right now. <laughs> yeah, Dave's doing the old baseball fight there. He's doing the Alex Simon. <laughs> Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. To find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast, search HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcasts. You're looking for video simulcasts of our podcast? Go to our YouTube page, Stadium Journey's YouTube page, that is. And join us for live streams every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. Thanks for those of you who are in our live studio audience this evening. We will all be back in two weeks. That will put us at August 29th, or in my notes here, 29th with an ST at the end. <laughs> 29th. My grammar is goodly. It's the 29th. Well, we'll be joined Bigly. by our old friend. We'll be joined by our old friend, Andrew Bowes, to discuss hey. the shenanigans that has oh. been college football realignment. That should be an interesting discussion. Yeah, that'll be fun. I think uh, there'll be like three more new conferences by that time or something like that. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> As always, thanks everyone for your support, for joining us tonight. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe stadium journeys and close games. Hope to see you on the road again real soon. Stadium Journey.